Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus addresses our hearts in the words of the gospel reading today, and immediately following these verses as well when he talks about a good tree bearing good fruit. He instructs us as Christians that our hearts, who have been redeemed by Christ, are to be ones of mercy, and our judgments are to be in that same spirit and from a humble heart. So he doesn't tell us to ignore sin, rather we're to repent of our own. And then in that spirit of mercy and humility, address the sin of our neighbors. But that first part, though, sets the outlook. Jesus says, be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So here then, from the beginning of this gospel reading, Jesus makes something clear. Judgment does happen. That word mercy implies something, that there is indeed a judgment that has been passed, and one has mercy on another person. So using that relationship then to the Father is how Jesus explains this. The Father judges you. God judges you, and his judgment is revealed in the Holy Scriptures what that judgment is. The law of God does this. God lays before you what is truly good, what's his eternal will, and you see what is commanded of you as his creature. And you're exposed before him. God shows that you've sinned against him. That's a judgment. He then teaches you in many places that the punishment that is due this transgression is death. So God judges you. But we think about this, earthly fathers do the same. If, we, if they don't, then they're terrible fathers. Fathers judge their children. God commands them to bring their children up in the way that they should go, in the fear and the instruction of the Lord. A father teaches his children the things of God. The book of Proverbs says, He who spares the rod hates his son. He teaches them the rules of the house. He protects his family. He protects his wife. He makes the judgments and all of these things. It goes for governments, authorities, and any number of things. And there are times when you must judge according to your office. And failing to do so would be sinning against God. The judge or magistrate in the courtroom, if he says, I don't want to judge... He should be voted out of office because he's been given that very task to do those things. But whatever realm we occupy as Christians in this world, though, in all of these cases, mercy, humility are to be what flows. Because we have in view and know the redemption of Christ. So even the boss, then, the Christian boss who has to fire the terrible worker, does so in mercy because people will suffer in some way if that worker continues on the job. Maybe he'll even hurt himself. The discipline of a father or, or an authority is the same thing as he does so, not in revenge, but for the sake of his neighbor. And these things are good. They're for the good of others. So what God calls us to do, then, as Christians, is he calls us to show mercy. It's to forgive those who sin against us and to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's what the Lord has shown towards us when we see his judgment toward our sin, yet in sending 
his son to pay what we owe, to suffer what we deserve. The mercy of God is shown towards you and known in Christ crucified for you. So really then, everything kind of points to this. It starts with that mercy, ends with this humility, but in the middle there's this all about forgiveness, kind of structured that way. This is the mercy which you show to others. So rather than condemn the person who sins against you, you forgive them. Jesus said, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken and shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And so Jesus uses this image then to illustrate the point, right? When you go to the scales, whatever the case may be, if you're weighing something, right? He doesn't just throw a few things on there and leave a lot of space. When it comes to his mercy towards you, what does he do? No, he packs it down. Like when you're baking, you pack flour down. You run it over, right? But God leaves it heaping. He doesn't smooth it off. He lets it run over in abundance. And why is it that God often talks about this abundance or overflowing in the scriptures when he talks about his mercy? Well, it's because God's mercy is for you and you have enough to share. It's in your life towards others. There's more than enough mercy to go around and God's mercy never runs out. His steadfast love endures forever. This is related then to that Old Testament reading that's appointed for this day. Where here's Joseph, right, who his brothers, who first wanted to kill him, right, but then they were talked out of that, they beat him, half sent, they beat him, thrown down into a pit, had him sold off into slavery, and then Joseph then is forgotten about in Egypt, he's accused falsely, he's thrown in prison, forgotten about these things, right, all the while his brothers lied, they told their father that he was dead, so Joseph had every right, we would think, right, to have a chip on his shoulder, to be a little upset. But what does Joseph do? Well, when his brothers come to him after their father has died, he forgives them. He doesn't seek vengeance. He said, do not fear, for I am in the place of God. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So here's Joseph who had been wronged so many times in so many ways, he forgave his brothers and didn't seek vengeance. Just as his father had experienced, think about when Esau and Jacob are reunited and Jacob was afraid. So in our lives in this world, our appeal in all of this is because justice has been done against sin. Justice has to be done or God would be a liar. But that's why Christ is our mercy seat. His death took upon our sin, and that's where we see that God is just. And he doesn't overlook sin. And God's no liar then that that debt that he tells us that we owe him because of our sin. God's not just saying, well, you know what, that's really, I didn't mean it when I said those things. No, Christ is the mediator whose blood appeals to the Father on our behalf, and now we have peace with him through him who is our righteousness, whose blood overflows and covers us. And that's the thing then in all of this. 
We as Christians are humble before God. We're not arrogant about these things. Jesus then goes on and he says, he told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. So in humility, then, we look at our sin. We see this log, which when you look at English translations, always in this Luke 6 reading, a lot of them are just inadequate. But this one word in Greek that's used for the log, it literally means a load-bearing beam, right? If you ever build anything, a load-bearing beam that takes all of that weight. So this is not a little stick. This is not even just a little log. This is a big thing that he's talking about that's sticking out of our eye. You can Google image search this, Luke 6 six image log in your eye and you can just see some um uh, painters throughout the years have shown like somebody walking around with this like log like just sticking out of their eye it's kind of cool looking and so then we see that first god reveals that to us he shows us that we are sinners does that mean then our brother doesn't have a speck in his eye no he still has that speck we don't ignore that fact but the spirit by which we approach our brother is first knowing who we are before God in our sin. Then we approach our brother in that same humility, that same forgiveness, for the sake of showing our brother mercy. And that's vastly different than vengeance or holding our brother's sin against him, however heinous it may be. It's, not, it's also not ours to figure all this out, how to deal with one another, how to live with each other in this world. But we as disciples listen to our teacher, Jesus. We learn from what he says. We sit at his feet. Because he says the blind only lead the blind into the pit. So being in the word of God means hearing it, means studying it. And we see how God, by the Holy Spirit, then opens our eyes to see God, to see his mercy towards us, and the mercy then that we show to one another. Otherwise, we are the blind, leading the blind. We're sinners left dealing with other sinners, and that is going to go terribly. And we better be prepared to fall into the pit here in this world and the pit of Sheol for eternity. So we listen to Jesus. We listen to God's word. And we keep it. But we all know there are times in our lives when this will be hard. And we may think that we're unable to forgive our neighbor, especially when it hurts a lot. When someone has sinned against us, the wounds run deep, and often there are scars. But woe upon us when we are unwilling to forgive our neighbor's sin. That's where these words of Jesus today hit us between the eyes and teach us what it means to be one who belongs to Christ. We pray as our Lord has taught us, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer, which is our memory work we've been working on with the girls at home. We have something we are holding against, if we have something we're holding against another person and refusing to forgive him or her, that is holding it against them, not refusing to release them from it, each time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're mocking God. We're lying to him. 
So if that's what we're doing in our lives, then repent. Because as Jesus teaches us, don't expect then God to show us mercy. And so St. Paul provides some helpful words in the epistle reading. Very concrete, practical things. He says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So in those times then, when you struggle with the temptation to not show mercy to someone, appeal to Jesus. Appeal to him who has died for all. So that person who has sinned against you, however that may be, whatever way that may be, that person is a person whom Jesus died for on the cross. So see Christ's death for what it truly is, the sacrifice for the sin of the world. Because if you refuse to forgive that person who sinned against you, what are you saying about the death of Jesus? That he died for everyone except for that person? That person or people who sin against you, Jesus died for. And Jesus instructs you in the reading today to be merciful, not to condemn them or literally to pay back to them. And that never once means you condone or tolerate what the person has done or that you don't call them to repentance. That's not love. You have a Christian duty to do this according to your office as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend, a neighbor, an employer, whatever the case may be. But God teaches you that as a baptized child of God, you show your neighbor mercy, even in times of discipline, because you have been shown mercy in Christ. And that's the mercy that overflows towards you in Christ crucified. What a joy to have such a God who has shown mercy, the God who pardons your iniquity for the sake of Christ, the one who throws it into the depths of the sea, as we heard recently. So repent of your own sin this day. Place it on the one who has died in your place. So too forgive and gladly do good to those who sinned against you. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Hear and take these words today and receive God's mercy. Pour it out, even as you have Christ and his benefits in your baptism, and as you take into your mouths his very body and blood, which was shed for you on the cross and raised for your justification. Your God, your Father, is merciful towards you, and he judges you. But you see, he judges you on account of his Son and the perfect obedience to the Father that he did, that he accomplished, and the atoning death that he made in your behalf. Your advocate, your advocate is Jesus. And he continues to be so at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you as you're going through this world. So go through the world, in this, living in this overflowing mercy. Until that day when you are taken to him and raised from your grave and live before him, 
and eternal joy and peace with all of God's saints who have been redeemed by that same mercy forever. Amen.